This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. Biden administration officials are holding several meetings this week and next week with European energy officials to discuss how to solve their growing energy tensions. On one hand, Europe has turned to the U.S. to help with its energy needs after Russia's invasion of Ukraine, especially as winter approaches. But questions remain about how long the continent should rely on U.S. supplies. Some European countries complain they are being charged inflated prices, while U.S. companies are growing frustrated with how reluctant European customers are to sign long-term contracts. So today we check in with Politico's Ben Lefebvre about the growing tensions within the U.S.-Europe energy relationship and why U.S. energy companies aren't too happy with their European customers. It's Friday, October 28th. The Energy Department's Brad Crabtree, who oversees their fossil fuels division, he's meeting with a variety of European leaders over the course of this week and next week. He's meeting with leaders in London, in Brussels, in Germany, and in Norway for what he said was basically to huddle up and talk about natural gas and energy security. So he didn't get into specifics, but what this kind of points to is there's this tension growing among European companies who need gas, basically keep their residents warm and work their industries, and their reluctance as of now to sign long-term contracts that the industry is kind of pushing them toward. Right. And so from the U.S. side of things, I mean, what are then they hoping to get out of this? What do they want the Europeans to do or what's their ask? Their ask is basically to, for the Europeans to sign contracts that are like 10, 15, 20 years in length. The industry is really pushing for this because they're trying to make this argument that Europe's not going to be able to keep the lights on and keep the heat on unless they've got like a significant base load of natural gas to power their utilities. And at the same time, in a bit of self-interest, there's a lot of these companies, these LNG companies, that might have permits from DOE and from FERC to build a export terminal, but they don't necessarily have the customers they need to help with financing. Like the bank will say, we'll give you a loan to help build this project of yours, but we want to see proof that you've got a guaranteed demand out there, like you've got customers lined up. For these LNG guys, they're kind of like, well, you know, this would really help us a lot if like a company like Uniper in Germany or whoever signed like a 20-year contract. The Europeans, on the other hand, are kind of like in their heart of hearts, they don't trust the U.S. industry's assurances that they're taking steps to kind of cut their greenhouse gas emissions. They keep talking about dirty fracked gas, while the industry here is saying, well, look, we've been trying to tamp down on emissions. This gas is cleaner than most other, pretty much, they'll say any place else you're going to get it, so you might as well take it. The Europeans hope, well, maybe we can just kind of get by for this year and next doing these spot purchases, which is kind of like out of contract, just kind of as needed purchases. And then by that time, we'll have our own renewable industry or hydrogen industry up and running. And we won't we don't want to get locked into these contracts. Yeah. Do you see those things as actually reconcilable? Like, can the Europeans pull this off or is it just so contradictory? 
I think that's why Crabtree and why people at DOE are meeting with the governments now to kind of like tell them, we have all this money from the IRA and all these things to help these companies get the carbon out. And also, this is kind of brought up repeatedly, is there's an argument that the industry, and and I would maybe think DOE is trying to make to, to the European companies, is like, look, just because you sign a contract to buy it doesn't mean you can't resell it if you don't need it. Like that was a big change for, you know, one of the world's largest LNG buyers, Japan. They started doing that. Like their utilities used to like take LNG hand over fist, but a few of the companies figured out we can actually make money becoming like basically a, a you know, to a certain extent, like a trading house. They call them portfolio players. So they're telling Europe, look, if you don't need it, if you sign a contract and you end up not needing a cargo or, you know, here or there, you can still sell it to someplace else and you're not going to lose your money. So I, I think that's part of the argument that's going on too. Also, the International Energy Agency released a new landmark report on Thursday, and here are some of the main takeaways. First, the global energy crisis sparked by Russia's invasion of Ukraine marks a, quote, turning point for global fossil fuel demand, and it could actually accelerate the world's green transition. Two, current government policies could lead to demand for fossil fuels either peaking or plateauing in the next decade globally. Three, investment into clean energy continued to grow this year, but it would need to double by 2030 to be consistent with national climate pledges. And finally, Russia's role as a global energy supplier will continue to shrink by the end of the decade. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Norma Michael is the podcast producer. Raghu Manuvalan edited the show this week. Jenny Amens is the executive producer of audio at Politico. Our editors are Matt Daly and Gloria Gonzalez. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back on Monday. This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. Did you know that Chevron is working with partners in California to convert the methane from cow waste into renewable natural gas that one day can help fuel trucks across the nation? Find out more at chevron.com slash RNG.